0: To the Headlights Podcast. My name is Rob, and sitting across from me tonight with bespeckled glasses and a Dr. Pepper flavored colored shirt is Marty. How are we doing tonight, Marty?
1: Hey, man, not bad. Getting over a uh, sinus cold stuff, so breathing's been in and out, so is talking, but we're heading out pretty well.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's been a, I'm like glad next week's going to be a short week. Right. So, well, gonna, I don't think we should mention days because we're off like, our record. Right, right, so. right. Well, tonight we have Joe Kistner, a return interviewee. Tonight he's, tonight he's going to promote his uh, Facebook group, Minnesota Legend Minnesota Legend Hunters. There we go. Yep. It's a mouthful. So, All right, why don't you go ahead and take it, Joe, and tell us a few stories. Hey,
1: guys, how's it going? Good, How good, good. I relate my, I go from, like, colds to hay fever, like, nonstop. Uh, his sinuses, it, it sucks. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, the Minnesota Legend Hunters,
3: a Facebook thing. I'm, previously, we talked about uh, that missing persons case. I yep. think I touched on it a little bit there. <clears throat> we, uh, I guess so 12 years ago or so, um, you know, I've always been infatuated with those shows like In Search of Sightings and Sightings. Oh, uh, 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 the <laughs>
0: Pillars of the Paranormal Community.
3: <laughs> yeah, you know, Unsolved Mysteries, you know, things like that. And actually, it went back to, I think, when I was, like, seven. I'll date myself a little bit. <laughs> I first
2: heard the word parapsychology, or that term, on an episode of The Bionic Woman.
1: Oh, wow, yeah. I should you not, I actually yep. looked
3: it up on, like, I think I bought the episode on, like, freaking Amazon. <laughs> I actually found it. And then
2: I never heard the term, because it was, like, ghosts and crap on there. And once I
3: heard the term parapsychology, I was like, in dictionaries, I requested crap from the library. You know, once you found out that there was, like, somebody that
2: actually uh, did, like, Scooby-Doo shit, you know? Right, right, you know, <laughs> yeah. In like the real world, that's a real
3: term. So I've always been infatuated with with the unexplained and stuff. I think it's one of the parts, you know, I was daydreaming in school, and I love the movies about... Um, when some kid finds something messed up, you know, playing in the backyard or some secret agents or something. I don't know if you're ever familiar with uh, something wicked this way come oh, oh, God, yes. Yeah, yes. yeah
1: that was my love steady. I'm going, okay, there's this
3: kid who uncovers this freaking dark man and with dead bodies and shit, you know. So I've always been infatuated with that stuff. <clears throat> and even, you know, cryptids and, and the like... And uh, when I got to be an adult, I I kind of like enjoyed, still enjoyed reading about this stuff. And, you know, you get that thing where you want to go out and explore on your own. I've never had the money to go on any uh, Tibetan adventures or anything like that. (laughs) So um, with my daughter, we started exploring things that were, were closer to...
0: Closer to home. It kind of started when I went back. Uh, things that we could, you know, look into on our own that were, like, I always like to say, like, within a tank full of gas away. Right. And it started, my grandma bought me a book for my 13th birthday called Murder in Minnesota. Oh, what a nice grandma present. <laughs> oh, yes, well, that just
1: shows you kind of how fucked up I
2: was.
0: <laughs> oh, I got, a I, think, yeah, I got a story to talk about. Screwed up. I, people may have heard this on that previous podcast, but I ever tell you about my church lock-in? Have you heard that? Have you heard that story? My first, I we had a church lock-in with our Christian youth group. This is back when you had VHS tapes, tapes and that, and you got the new ones out. You know, everybody thought, well, we had this lock-in. It was around Halloween time, and in my church, the movie we watched—I am not shitting anybody—and anybody knows me. We watched Nightmare on Elm Street at a church lock-in.
1: Oh, man. I'm
0: like, that's, I'm like, I'm like looking, I'm like, we're watching this at a church lock-in? What?
1: (laughs) What kind of church are we in, man? Yeah. You it, know, it's somewhat of an older church, they've got those big furnaces in the basement, too. Oh, yes, we had yeah.
0: one of those.
3: Oh,
1: <laughs> oh, terrifying. Hey, kids, let's sit around the furnace and tell ghosts. <laughs>
0: but either way, let's get back to you. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> uh,
1: <but, clears throat> uh, it started out in the back of that book. Um, there was a index called People Who
3: Were Hung. Oh, wow. And I grew up in Sibley County, and believe it or not, there was one in there from Sibley County that I'd never heard of. <laughs> Excuse me, at 13 years old. Uh, a guy named Franz Wallert. That was one of the stories that we first kind of delved into because we could actually physically go and look for things that involved that, and find actual sites and stuff. And Franz Wallert uh, was a German immigrant. Um, who married a widow with uh, five children and he was going to help her run the farm and apparently they he had built a new barn for her and she decided that he just didn't uh, wasn't her type of farmer I guess and she wanted to get rid of him and I believe he drank a little bit and had a little bit of anger issues He came back to the farm one night and lit the barn on fire that he had built for her.
1: Oh, Jesus. Damn. And the family woke up and he went into the house and he ended up shooting the mother and four of the five
3: children. Damn. The fifth one survived and I I believe the fifth one might have went to get help, if I remember. And, uh, they came out in the manhunt pursuit, and they found him trying to drown himself in a uh, nearby lake. And that was a, that was the first guy who was hung. Hmm. Uh, the only man that was hung in Sibley County. So it was kind of an interesting story. And it's weird because I grew up in that community, in that county, and I never have heard that story ever. And you think like a mass murderer would, you know, it's something you'd hear about.
0: So that kind of proved the point to me that there's a lot of those weird things that I've never, that I've probably a lot of people have never heard of. Yeah, there's a bunch around this area too that like they try and say, oh, let's not talk about that. But nowadays it comes out no matter what. <laughs> well, that's South Dakota too. Hey. Yeah.
3: <laughs>
0: oh. South <clears throat> Dakota's got its weird shit too. <laughs> yes, we have so our occasional it. weird so things. I love it.
3: but yeah so i we ended up looking for things that we could go out and do on weekends and doing little family vacations so we started researching different things we'd uh, um uh, one of my week's vacations we went to uh uh sock center Uh, the home of Sinclair Lewis and the Palmer House Hotel, which is on all those shows and stuff. And drove up to see the Kensington Stone, things like that. And uh, then we thought we'd start putting some of these stories down. We found, uh, for example, when we were in uh, Sauk Center, I knew a lot of people know Sinclair Lewis. Right. And the Palmer House, you know, of course the haunted hotel that he used to work at. Oh, yeah. While we were, while we were up there, we found something for uh what was called the Viking Altar Stone. That a little uh uh mimeographed pamphlet in like the visitor center, so I told the kids, Let's go find this thing. It was out in a field someplace. The directions on the pamphlet are wrong.
1: I would tell you that (laughs) much. Wow. So I live about three hours
3: away from there. So we're, like, driving around. It's, like, 3 in the afternoon. We're going to go home again because, of course, too cheap to get a hotel. Um, And I said, God damn it, we're going to find that thing or we are going home. And we ended up finding it on a – I had to stop and ask some guy because there was a little uh, two-red field road that we had driven by a couple of times and the guy goes, yeah, it's back there. It's, you know, it's not posted. You can go back and see it.
2: Um, at that time I had a Volkswagen, uh, Jetta. Oh. We We're driving down that road and I was just <laughs> so
3: afraid. I go, if I hit a freaking rock and bust my oil pan,
1: we are so fucked. Oh yeah.
2: <laughs> you know, we got back there and it's in the middle of a meadow,
3: this gigantic boulder with, uh, Holes and stuff drilled into it where they used to, like, prop a sunscreen up and stuff. I'd never heard of that. We've got, took some pictures and stuff and tried to do a little more research, but <clears throat> there was nothing I could ever find recorded on it. And then uh, another little story, but I did find a painting of it when I was up visiting this Marion Dom's daughter who was a Viking researcher. And then there was a show on one of the channels, like the Science Channel or Discovery or History, uh, with a dude from Fargo through the guy in the wood chipper, who's from like Sweden or Norway. Then another guy from uh, St. Bonifacius, Minnesota, or Minnetronus Minnesota, where they went off trying to prove the validity of the Kensington runestone. Yeah. They actually visited that site on that show, which kind of surprised me. Oh wow! But as we started digging deeper, I I started putting some of these stories online, and the idea was is to find places that, if you're traveling through Minnesota or even sitting on your couch or the toilet, you had something to read that uh, nearly every county you'd go through to find stories that either something you could actually go see or find out something strange and unusual or fantastic that
0: took place in that county. I wish somebody to do that in South Dakota. Probably be, most of it would probably deal up with C.G. Howell. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, C.G. <clears throat> yeah,
3: I'd love to delve into South Dakota a little bit more, too. Maybe when I move there in like six, seven years.
0: Don't. Yeah, to... Whatever, I'll be in a retirement home by then. <laughs> oh, hell, I think I got a few years on another place. We'll talk about that <laughs> off <here>. air. <laughs>
3: Like, uh, I could give, for example, just uh, areas have uh, great things. Well, like Sauk Center, like I said, had the the Sinclair Lewis, the author of the Palmer House, and then the Viking Stone. In the last few years, I've got to spend some time up in the Browns Valley area of Minnesota, right along the South Dakota border by Yep, which is, you know, relatively close to sea Secahaw. But when you go to Browns Valley and I, I totally forgot about it. I read about it when I was a kid. There's a Browns Valley man. There's a little uh, plaque for it outside of town and uh, I actually found found out a little bit more about the story. there's a gravel pit in town and I believe in the 40s. Uh, Guy who owns a gas station there had a load of rock brought in, and as they spread it out, they found bones in it. One of the guys working there was kind of an amateur archaeologist. He recognized some of the stuff with the bones, um, some stones that had come with it. They went back to the gravel pit and dug it up and found the skeletal remains of a man they believed to be, at the time, like eight or nine thousand years old. I think at the time, that was the oldest um remains found in like the western hemisphere wow and I think since then that's changed but um they lost those remains for a while and then it was recovered again I think they found them in somebody's basement (laughs) and they ended up going back to um the tribe near in for repatriation, which that's a, a whole other thing I have kind of
2: questions about. Mm-hmm.
3: It's convenient if you ever, uh, another thing we have in the
0: Midwest here is giants, but they. Uh, All right, stop second. Stop, stop, stop. <laughs> okay. I got, we got to hit this giants thing up. That's always fascinating to me. Giants. Yeah. Well, what they call giants, I guess. You okay. know, exceeding seven feet tall. Right. Yeah, the giants. So my 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 middle brother could be considered a giant. He's one. Yeah. Okay. Well, there's your proof. Yeah, right? Yeah, he's a freaking mailman's kid. I told my mom that many a times. He is a mailman's kid. I am the shortest one in my family, and I'm the oldest. <laughs> Inside a lake or something. I <laughs> <laughs>
3: discovered, you know, a yeah. few years later. Yeah, Jesus right.
2: Christ,
3: okay. <laughs> there's all there's all kinds of stories about uh, uh, giant remains in Minnesota Lake Coronas near Painesville there was some uh, Clear Lake up around St. Cloud is probably one of the more uh, famous ones where they found like a family buried in the hillside and I believe they were like facing east in like a sitting position the curious one about that is they all had double rows of teeth.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, yeah that's right,
0: yeah.
1: Yep. And <laughs>
0: I'm, I'm going to go all over the place here. we <laughs> really find fine. Have you ever listened to one of our episodes? I know you have, Joe. We go You're everywhere. The <laughs> curious thing is
3: because, you know, you got to think that <laughs> all the crap that goes on in the world, double, you know, kids are born with, you know, an extra digit, third nipple, you know. The always. tails. But how often have you ever heard, even in the freakiest things of having like a double row of teeth, it's like, you know, you never hear the wife going, you know, Cindy's daughter had a second row of teeth. Right. You know,
0: it's not something you hear about. No, it's not very often. I don't think, no way, I don't think I've ever heard of it. (laughs) No, other
1: than the remains.
0: Yeah, it's weird. Well, I'll tell you, when I was doing
3: other research, you know, we have the U.S.-Dakota War back in like, what, 1862 or whatever. And Little Crow was the the uh, chief, you know, that was pretty much responsible for the resistance. And uh, he was killed actually not too far from where I live. Um, but they were talking about finding his remains. Whoever shot him left him lay there, and they they went back after his remains. And in this book, I've got it somewhere here, stated that they could identify him because he had a double rows of teeth. Oh. How they identified Little Crow and I'm going, that's pretty freaking odd. Damn. And when you look back, you know, the, uh, I, I guess I can't swear to how the Native Americans, you know, create their, uh, their hierarchy or their, their monarchies or whatever with the chiefs, but when you consider Little Crow had, uh, Genealogy that went back, and he was the chief. That was just kind of weird to to hear that. That's, yeah. yeah, well, and you know how many people knew that little girl had two sets, you know, two rows of teeth? Yeah, which is kind of weird. I don't think dentists were too profane back then.
1: No, not true. really. Yeah, Native American culture. Right. But
0: yeah, I don't even know where the hell I was going with that. I don't. Know. <laughs> Have you had any... I got a question for you. We're going to get back on track here. Um, have you had any Dogman legends up in Minnesota? That Was that a prevalent thing or not?
3: You know, the Dogman stuff, I've looked through a lot of archives and stuff. I have never found a Dogman. You know, and it's really sucks because of the cryptid thing, because I like even looking up stuff currently, like, you know, UFOs and stuff.
1: Yep. But the problem is the cryptid stuff is really, people don't report it. Or if they do report it, they report it to, you
3: know, this, you know, some website or something. Mm -hmm. And a lot of those places like to keep their stuff, you know, close to the vest. So it's tough to tell. That's, But I've never found anything historically that popped out of me as, like, a dog man. There's a few uh, things that could have been, like, Bigfoot. Yeah. Um, and they had a lot of ones that they called, you know, wild men or, or you know, uh, that would be running through the jungle or through the forests and stuff up here. I found a few stories, you know, referring to something like that. <coughs> Excuse
1: me, Jesus. You know, the naked hairy man. Yeah. Yep.
3: But yeah, the cryptid stuff has been surprisingly hard to find.
0: Really? I think it'd be, well. Well, yeah, we kind of have personal experience with that. It's kind of hard, and everybody does. It's a ridicule factor. And people shouldn't have to worry about the ridicule factor. They're going to talk about it. That's right. the sucky thing about it. So. But
3: Bob is wanting to talk about his UFO, you know. The, yeah. That's, that's a, it's just a strange thing. Maybe the newspapers don't
2: don't find that as intriguing. or I think
3: nowadays, too, a lot of people keep their mouth shut about stuff, or they will go with all the TV
0: shows and stuff. Well, to find a group or something to report it to. Yeah. Well, I'm going to relate a personal story here. I just found out two days ago. My uncle, when he was like in 74, really, well, maybe like late 60s, he's always said he's seen a UFO at the farm where I live over by Stockholm. And I know none of my family listens to this, so I have carte blanche here. I can say what I want. Right, right. And I just talked to my dad recently, and I said to asked him about, well, Saw it. Oh, shit. They get my uncle shit about seeing a UFO, but my dad and my other uncle at the same time saw this UFO hauling ass then get chased by a couple of military jets at the time. And The oh, closest damn. military to this area is Minot at the time. Yeah, yeah. So these jets from North Dakota knew that this was here and they came after it. Wow. I thought, I thought you guys just said Daryl shit because he didn't see it. It's was like, no, my dad says, yeah, we all saw it. It did happen. I'm like, Well, that's kind of fucked up. (laughs) Wow. You know, that's kind of
1: strange because it's weird. My dad, who's like, you know, Mr.
3: Straight Lace, he doesn't believe in any of that mystery, mysterious crap, you know, ghosts, things like that. However, he was telling me, and this was just a couple of years ago, that when he was like, you know, 11, 12 years old, he was out hunting, you know, what farm kids that are 11 or 12 years old do back in the 50s, walking down the ravine with his uh, 22 or whatever he had, and he said that he saw this large egg-shaped white object floating towards him down the the ravine. And he just remembered Trying to debate Whether or not He should shoot it
0: <laughs> Oh wow that's, I'm sorry That's a country <coughs> Good philosophy Can't It you is Shoot it and not Get in trouble Yeah and He ended up You know Running back
3: home I don't think He saw it leave at all But it's funny Because my dad's Like 74 now
0: And He remembers that So Vividly Oh yeah That's
3: weird Because I've never Heard him
0: talk about that Huh.
3: All these years either.
0: Yeah, like the old mo- like the old time people, like my daddy's seventy four also. But they probably saw so much stuff that they're like, I better not say anything to neighbors, they won't do business with me. But yeah, figure it like on this country, South Dakota, or flatland, and there's a lot of strange shit out there like we discussed before, but people are just scared to say it because they don't want their neighbors thinking they're crazy. Which isn't right. So if you see something, you see something. Right. You know, as are your
3: neighbors probably did, too.
0: Yeah. They help.
3: But then your drinking comes into question, you know.
2: <laughs> true. true <the> yeah <laughs> <Hell>. <laughs>
3: Well, you know, Bob, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's small towns here. Yeah. But I, ironically, small towns. I lived, well, I live next to it now, but I used to live in a Sibley County, it's called. That's where this, uh, you know multi-murder thing was where the guy got hung. And as I was looking through, doing queries and stuff, I found a UFO case from 1965. <clears throat> Another one that took place near Gibbon, Minnesota, which is about you know, 25 miles from where I grew up. And two deputies and their families were driving home from a hunting trip between Gibbon and a little town called St. George which is basically a church I think and and two unmanned gas pumps and five houses type of thing and they saw a craft flying above the treetops and they actually got out took a photo of it with a 35 millimeter camera that one, they had, one of them had and these two guys were Sibley County deputies off duty there wasn't a lot of details about it besides that but it was supposedly one of the most Documented and credible UFO sightings In the United States Because of the credibility of the witnesses The pictures and stuff too And as I posted that It's funny because all these people are going Yeah I remember that remember the, Oh yeah you knew John didn't you
1: And I had another thing I'd never heard about this national UFO case Oh wow <laughs> so That
3: took place you know twenty twenty five miles from my house Yeah you see, it's just an example. That's where I encourage people. You know, take that time to explore a little bit and look up where you're from. Even, even if you go to your local county historical societies, you would believe some of the stuff that they have there. And unfortunately, the people running those places are getting older
2: and older. There's not another lot of other new blood coming in.
0: No, there is not.
3: Well, hell, I, I live in McLeod County now. Home of uh, Les Cuba. Ooh. We at our county museum, uh, there's a Les Cuba section. And he's a wildlife artist, in case you don't know. <laughs> we drove into town when I was dating my wife for the first time. We drove into into uh, Hutchinson, Minnesota, the county where the county museum is. It says, Home of Les Cuba. And she goes, Who the hell is Les Cuba? And then we get out of her car at where we we're going. And I look at her license plates, the wildlife plates, and I said, Right here, West Cuba, the guy (laughs) who signed your license plate there. (laughs) But that museum has what they call a Peruvian mummy. And it's actually laying in a little glass case in the corner. And I've heard varying stories. It was the initial person I talked to said it was uh, donated to the museum anonymously back in the 50s and it had been a traveling exhibit on road shows. Um, some people said it was paper mache and other people said that they'd x-rayed it and it was real. I do believe the final thing was, I've never seen it documented, but I do believe it ended up being kind of a paper mache thing, but it looks freaky as hell because it's not like teeth. I will send you a picture of it. I think
0: I've got Do that. List. We'll post it on oh, Instagram. <laughs> yeah. But there, that's
3: another thing about the city I live in right now, too, I didn't know until I was, uh, uh, I went to college for a bit as a, uh, what they call it a non-traditional student, yeah, um, that just meant I was like older than
1: 30, No. <laughs> and I found out in
3: my uh, one of my political science classes that the sheriff of McLeod County come in. Apparently back in like 1890-ish, I don't have the year in front of me, but the sheriff of McLeod County was murdered. He was uh, a couple of, uh, a guy got robbed uh, north of town by two men, and he came back into town and reported it, described the two men, and somebody saw the two men riding out south of town. And the sheriff and one of his uh, uh, deputies went riding out of town after him. They came across the the two guys. And the two guys, they shot the sheriff, shot and killed the sheriff, and wounded the the deputy with them. And they ended up apprehending the guys. Um, And then... uh, It was weird because I'd heard heard a variation of the stories, but I actually went back and found the newspaper articles. Um, This was like in April or May, and they took the two guys and kept them at Fort Snelling, which is by St. Paul, in custody there until they could be tried. So in September, they brought them both back here, and I believe they tried the first man... And he was found guilty, but the people weren't real happy with the sentence. So a crowd came out, went to the jails. Mysteriously, the, the jailer had gone out for a cigarette or something.
0: Huh. That was really <laughs> convenient. <laughs> they took the two guys out
2: and lynched them and hung them over a bridge. Actually, I shit you
3: not, which is about... An eighth of a mile. For where I live now, the, the bridge doesn't exist anymore. Whoa! And the one guy's mom was in town for the trial too. Such shit. Oh wow! But yeah, another thing I'd never known. In hearing things that you know happen fifteen miles, twenty miles from where I grew up at.
0: Yeah, maybe it's a sign you should move
2: out of that area, Joe. You know, <laughs> oh man. Well, then I'd stay away from Browns Valley.
3: Yeah, so, you know what the Browns Valley man, like we talked about a little bit earlier? If you or any of the guys listening, I know you guys have been up in Browns Valley looking for non-existent chicken places. Yep, yep,
1: yep.
0: Yeah, then we get a call from you afterwards saying, oh, you should have seen this. And we're like, fuck, we're already back to
2: town. <laughs> <laughs> and no shit, when I was talking to the guy about that, that Browns Valley man,
0: they were talking about that chicken place that closed. Apparently that was the place to go. Oh, Check. yeah. Hell, yeah. Ice Chicken Shack, that was the bomb. It was great. Yeah, cool black and white movies, and I was actually there when they had the silent black and white movies, and they actually had the orchestra, old time, bunch of old gentlemen, older gentlemen, playing music with the movie. They knew it Oh, by heart. really? I've seen that one time, and that was just awesome. That would be kind of because they had the orchestra pit down in front of the movie theater yep. and that, and they had people down there, actual real people, playing music
2: to the movie. Wow. So, right. But much better. Whoa.
0: No. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> hey! <laughs> I've never seen Danny Elfman in concert. I would love to, because he's oh, the lead yeah. singer of Oingo Boingo. Hell yeah. Oingo Boingo, yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. It had one of the best movies, Rodney Dangerfield, and that was the soundtrack, it was Oingo Boingo. Yeah, Dead Man's yeah, yeah. Party. Yeah In Private Life And Grey Matter Then uh, uh, some more Of their Controversial tunes
3: <laughs> There's a reboot Called like Boingo
0: Really back about like Five years after They broke up Anyway Yeah Let's get <laughs> back On track <laughs> yeah. We discussed The finer
1: aspects Of Danny Elfman And Lincoln not <laughs> 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 married to Jen Elfman By the way Which I always Thought Uh married to like his cousin or something. Oh yeah. So Danny Elfman
3: lost some street cred on that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Oh, in
3: in Browns Valley, there's a little uh city museum there. It's like free, they just ask for donations. And I always say when when you do get a chance to go to those historical societies or these <laughs> excuse me, little museums, you know what? Drop a few bucks in the box. Right. Oh yeah. Uh, there's a lot of people that put in a lot of time into those places, and love, and do it for the sheer love of it. But uh, yeah, the same guy for the few years that I've been going there, it's been the same guy working the counter every time. <laughs> but there's some really unique things at at the Browns Valley Museum. Um, there's are some stones, there's some stories, there are little things about the Browns Valley Man, but on the outside of the building, there's a giant or huge gray stone with what appears to be a cross carved out of it on the top. And the story was, is that, that stone back in like eight, uh, 1920... dried up, and out by, towards an island out there, they found this stone with a cross carved in it, surrounded, like, by like 21 smaller stones, and when they excavated it, they found a gravesite down there. So well, the, the last time they figured that Lake had dried up, prior to that, was like, um, 1810 or something like that, and even assuming that that would have been when this happened, that somebody actually decided to bury somebody on Lake Bed, that that's the last time they knew it, dro- it dried up. That so it could have happened then, but even as far back as the Vikings, the Vikings were, um, you know, Christian. You know, at that time they were in the 1100s or whatever they were here. So you know, it could have been Norse by any means but it's really unique there's also a rock there it's getting harder and harder to see with time where that's got uh, uh, like firebird footprints embedded in the rock Huh? there's an article about it that they have posted there and I've been trying to find that article and god I can't find it to save my life I wanted to learn a little bit more about it, but that, if the weather's right and the sun's right, or if you pour a little water on there, you can actually see the pterodactyl or or firebird, whatever uh, imprints on
1: the rock. Ooh, that's pretty cool. There's another rock, a sacred stone. that somebody hauled down there, they are not sure where it actually came from, where it was positioned, because between along the... uh, the river or big
3: stone traverse at the continental divide, there. Yep, there's some large mounds or uh, hillsides. And this was some sacred stone that somebody found up on one of these hills that's got just an abundance of petroglyphs all over it. Another one that you know, it's they're getting harder and harder to read as time goes on, and you know, weather wears them. They do have documents inside showing
0: what's on there, and if you look good you know what you're looking for, you can still see them on there. You would think that somebody like a historical society would go in there and preserve them. Right. You
3: know, but there again, these guys, I don't know how much the state cares. Yeah. These guys have their little displays <coughs> outside, you think? but, you know, there again, they they can barely afford to keep the doors open, you know.
0: We well, think that'd be more like a federal thing to go in there and do that instead of somebody at local Joe doing it. I
1: suppose, well, actually, but if I think there's probably more of those things than what we even than what we even know about.
3: Yeah, you know there there's probably almost too much to actually for them to care about. And then again, with the whole giant thing, there's
1: things that you don't—they don't want to preserve. Things they don't. Oh want yeah. They don't want. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say it a, could be uh, one of those things where they don't care. I was following it up
3: on an article about another giant one up on the rainy river up in northern Minnesota. Oh, during a heavy rain, there was a mudslide, and they found the uh, the skeleton of like, this eight foot woman.
0: That's a big woman. Yeah. Yeah, bigger than I need. <laughs> <laughs> some doctor
3: had the uh, skeletal remains in the office. They had her on display up up in, in the storefront, like at the city hall and stuff. And then the Minnesota Historical Society, it says in the article the Minnesota Historical Society took took the remains. So I wrote the Minnesota Historical Society, emailed them. There's one of the state archaeologists. And I asked about, you know, okay, where does this uh do you have any records of human remains coming from, uh, I don't know if it was uh, Kuchishin County, one of the counties up there, you know, from such and such a date? And I got a response going, no, we have no records of any any uh, remains being found up there around that. And it's like, can you tell me more about it? Well, I mentioned the giant skeleton thing. I got an email back berating
2: me, huh. calling me, you hey, people and your giants. It's like, you know, it, it's, and
3: saying, the Bible, everybody thinks because the Bible said something about,
1: and there were giants in those days. And I still got it was like two pages long. Oh my God. <laughs> I
3: get the wow. But the interesting thing about giants, I. I'd love to give credit to the guy if I remembered who it was. But they said back in the days, a lot of times when they're finding these giant skeletons, the Smithsonian, it wasn't necessarily known as the Smithsonian back there, back then, would, uh, would either receive or take these remains. And the
2: guy who was running the... He was like Belgian or something like that
3: was a huge eugenist and oh, he was a member of the eugenics society oh, yeah. which is you know you eliminate weaker races basically oh, See, yeah.
0: I gotta I gotta do some clarification <coughs> on eugenics America at the same time Germany was doing that we were doing the same thing oh yeah, yeah. everywhere But a, American, lot of that, a lot of times like some of these people I know most of the people that listen to us are older folks that know this from history but nowadays I ask my kid about that when he just graduated a couple years ago I was like what? I'm um, like yeah America and Germany were doing eugenics at the same time he's like he didn't know anything about it <laughs>
3: oh and that's what they don't want you to know you know and back then it was like I don't know 1890s right around there the Smithsonian was not called the Smithsonian but the guy who ran it and in, in, was part of the eugenics society and the theory is is that they made sure that those bones were Never saw the light of day again because in their head it would uh, it would show that well I don't believe it was Native Americans but to them it would be that Native Americans were a superior being
1: a superior human being and a human part of the human race than what your average white guy was. Ah, interesting. So they were hiding that information
3: and, and suppressing it because of the eugenics aspect of it. It was an interesting thing, and I actually did, when I heard that, like I said, I wish I could remember the name of the guy. I did look it up, found the guy who was at the Smithsonian, and sure shit, he was part of the Eugenics Society. And it made it made perfect sense. <laughs> That's why a lot of that stuff supposedly was, you know, destroyed or hidden. Wow. Because they didn't want to rewrite the history books, and they didn't want
0: a uh, race that they considered subpar be proven superior. Yeah. So if you know if anybody else out there listening has contacts at the Smithsonian, please contact us. <laughs> right. we would like to have a talk. <laughs> yeah. Let's... Yeah.
3: But again, there, that's just another one of the fascinating things. There is a, a. If I can go in my little conspiracy thing, when we're talking, as long as we're talking about giants, there hmm. was a another discovery oh, down towards Mankato some place called Casota. Native Americans or whatever peoples they were I know back in the how was it 90s they had this um like Native American Repatriation Act where they give these remains back to the Native American tribes because there's you know to give the their alleged ancestors, proper burial and stuff, and it's all fine and good, but it's also really convenient for people who'd want to cover up something, like we're talking about the Bronze Valley Man. I was talking to a woman that did was in charge of the repatriation stuff, um, tribe tribe up in Lake White Earth, and like the Bronze Valley Man. To even take a sample for DNA is violating the remains. And, you know, they couldn't... That's even impossible. So you can't go back. <clears throat> as long as we're doing that, you can't go back and test them and see actually what they, their real genealogy is on these and where they came from and what they are. And I mean, really, like the Browns Valley man, you're looking at something supposedly eight or 9,000 years old. That's like
2: Twice as old as like freaking King King Tut.
1: Mm Yeah. To actually go back and
3: prove that something nine thousand years old is part of your ancestry is kind of pushing it a bit. (laughs) Um, Yeah.
1: You
3: know, it's. But I think that's just another way. That's my conspiracy mind going. Is that it's another way for them to get around those things. Saying, well, you know what, Native American tradition, we can't touch it can't do anything, got to give it back, you know. And it's no fault on uh, the Native American tradition treating their ancestors, you
1: know, along with their belief system, but it also shuts down anything that could prove otherwise. Right, it's a nice loophole for people who want to avoid looking into it.
0: Yeah, it just, it seems to be almost too convenient. Well, it's probably too, and also, like Marty said, it's a good loophole because look at the Clovis people. That guy there was ostracized for years saying, yep. Hey, there's somebody here. Things like science comes out, oh yeah, they were here. So that's what they don't want to happen again because they have to rewrite the history books and say, Yeah, this didn't happen. Well wait, now it does happen.
3: And once you rewrite part of it, I mean it brings on a whole other... can of worms.
1: I mean yeah, there's like you gotta rewrite damn near everything. Yep. Oh yeah. It definitely shades uh, some some darkness into yes or no on this being fact, you know. Oh,
3: well, I'm thinking about it kind of on the giant thing. I re- just remembered this, like, really cool story. There's so much more than just freaking giants and stuff and ghosts and whatever. But up around... Uh, uh,
1: up around to pay me a safe wage would uh, right. yeah. but you know trying to find the time to do this stuff
3: but I think I found the property that this took place on and I think I found the people that own it they don't live there but they live in South Dakota someplace you,
0: should, you should see the look on Murray's face right
3: now <laughs> at least call the people and like see if they're you know such an outbuilding might have existed because that room they probably converted that room into part of their building oh i'm sure oh yeah but yeah it's, there's just there's crazy stuff like that all over the place and you know if you're driving up in Monoman county odds of you being able to go to that farm place and look at that room are pretty much nil but you know what as you're going through there with the family
1: it's like hey this shit happened right over there you know i actually have family up in Monoman.
0: Oh, yeah, you
1: told me that. Yeah. We drove
3: through that. Yep. That's wild. It's kind of a nice country up there, Menomans,
1: right? Oh, it's pretty. next to my,
0: my uh, missing persons thing,
1: too. Yep. Yep, same area.
0: <laughs> yep. It's all connected, Marty. It's all connected. <laughs> to is. You're the linchpin. You are the linchpin. I, I, I
1: just need to be back. Lynchpin. I actually went and bought, like,
0: cigarettes at
3: the
1: casino at
0: Menomans.
1: Oh, yeah, that's a pretty cool casino, actually.
0: Is yeah, that the one where the else. roads were really nice in front of it? Yeah. Oh yeah that, that makes note that makes yep. perfect sense because yep. we would drive through there to go to a conference and the right before we got to Cena you know, the roads were crap right afterwards perfect roads. <laughs>
1: Gotta spend that money on something. Hell yeah. yeah. And the, the only thing is that I remember the cigarettes weren't too bad but like we went in that store and they wanted like two fifty for a sixteen ounce bottle. Of oh yeah uh, yeah absolutely. Like, seriously no it should be <laughs> the opposite you should be cheaper than the. The uh, Casey's across the street. Yes. Well, that's like casino here, too. You can go out and get smokes for way cheaper than anywhere else in town. Oh, yeah. But $3 for a bottle of pop. Yeah. Crazy. Oh, shit, I should have did that when we were, like, drove through Watertown there. That's what I swung in, heck yeah. yeah. When I was in Huron, I went across this little casino in the hotel parking
3: lot just to, like, drop 20 bucks, while as we, you know. That's not you can't I don't think you'd do much more in
1: Huron. No. no. So literally they had like beer was like two bucks. Yeah, there's nothing and I there. Like, Shit, I can get zipped up <laughs> I'm just doing twenty bucks and be always like this is great. <laughs> well well you have to if you live in Huron. You it's need either, to you're be either an be alcoholic hamburger. or a meth head. Yeah, Sorry I lived say, there folks. for like two years and it was awful. Well I gotta
3: take this test at work, so I'm I i got to stay away from the-
0: Yeah. so have you had any like reports of like lake monsters in minnesota that you've ran across
3: oh i've been i've been looking at that there's a the one you hear about most now is peppy uh down along lake city along lake pepin which is actually part of the mississippi but the more and more i've looked into that i went on a uh uh, a little cruise, a little boat cruise that was going to be a Happy the Lake Monster kind of cruise as well. I found out that it's the same amount as a regular cruise, but <laughs> there's a dude named Chad Lewis. You'll see him on some of these shows who uh, who hosted the cruise and I think that's how the guy makes his money. Yeah, um, Because he, he writes, you know, photo, you know, clip and paste books and then sells them on these little up to local libraries and stuff like that but the more I uh, the more stuff I found out about that peppy I think there's pretty much a bunch of I don't think there was much substance I don't think there was enough substance to any of those stories to even say that there was a lake monster
0: there
1: Right. bring speculations
0: we can, we can talk about a lake monster in our own local town that has no substance. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Lake Capesca here in Watertown has had a report back in the late 1800s Yeah, of the Lake Capesca monster. Yep. And the picture they put out, if you're a and d fan, it's the head of a white dragon. It, it body and Without the wings. So I'm yep. like, what? It's,
1: it's pretty bad. <laughs> this
0: lake, capesca Lake, is maybe a max of 12 foot deep.
1: Yeah, depending on the year. Sometimes yeah. the deep spot's 15. Yeah. Well, right. so,
0: yes, it came over and everybody saw it. I'm and like, the, I think you're just full of shit. Yeah. You know,
1: <laughs> we need to get some tourists in here. That sounds a lot like the Lake Minnetonka monster. Uh, supposedly
3: a, a Como Lake monster. Como's a lake in St. Paul. That would, like, like a snake-like thing. It would go up on the shore and, like, grab cows and stuff.
1: Yeah. You know, and then there was another one in Lake Minnetonka that, uh, all around the same time frame, that, would,
2: that was reportedly seen out there. And there's a drawing of it; it looks remarkably similar to the what you said, Watertown. There, yeah, yeah. But it was funny because a guy who owns
3: a, who owned a beachfront hotel, is the one who saw it. So there's tourists out there all summer.
1: Huh, weird. In weird.
3: hotel looking for the, the Lake Minnetonka monster.
1: Yeah, weird.
3: I haven't heard a lot. Anything really legitimate. Like I said, I have... Petty is the one they talk about a lot now, but the more I hear the stories about that, <clears throat> I mean, it sounds less and
1: less credible, and it, it sounds even to the point where why are people even talking about it? <laughs> right. I mean, you've got, like, giant, like, sturgeon and crab in, in the Mississippi. Oh, yeah.
3: I used to do commercial fishing with a, one of my dad's buddies when I was, like, 12. And we we sanded Lake Pepin, which is, you know, you'd make, put on a big net and you'd uh, draw the rough fish back into a
1: bag at the back of the neck. Net. Remember, my dad was, in. we were out there, and my dad was with him, Pulls down and pulls out this big paddlefish. Oh yeah, one of the creepiest, ugliest things you've ever seen. It's got like a freaking three foot duck bill on it. Yeah, they're horrifying.
3: And Dad's like, "Oh boys, take a good look. You're never gonna see another
1: one of these again." We pull out like four more after that. Oh yeah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You know, honestly, if something like that, like
1: a sturgeon or a gar or something like that. Oh yeah. Yep. You know, swims up against your leg, they're good frickin' fish. Yeah.
3: Or, or musky, God bit musky
0: take a chunk out of your leg. Right. I'd be more worried about the gar.
1: Yeah, yeah. I've they're terrifying. Them. Ugly fish, too, aren't
0: they? Uh. Yeah, they like to eat things all <laughs>
1: But yeah, you get into, like, like the Mississippi and that, the the depth of that water, just the size of some of the catfish that have been found down there. There's a lot of big, natural fish. Hanging out in that water.
3: Yep. All the contaminants are like teenage mutant ninja catfish. <laughs> there you
0: go. That'd be awesome.
1: <laughs> or terrifying, whichever. No, it'd be
0: awesome. Screw you guys. It's awesome, Not terrifying. <laughs> so speaking of terrifying, we're gonna talk. We're gonna delve a little bit into maybe Marty's issue.
2: What did you find terrifying to your
1: i'd recounted a story that happened when i was like 17 18 and quick overview for like two weeks was hearing voices at night wanting me to go somewhere super paranoid and i've never had an explanation for it ever i just have always chalked it up to i don't know what that was so it was scary as hell but Joe actually came across something that marks off a lot of check marks for what this actually could have been going on. And I will go ahead and let him take off with it.
3: Joe, yeah. oh, it was kind of crazy when I was listening to Marty's story. I was driving home from work, and I had it on my MP3 player. I <clears throat> on the car, and it, the story was creepy as fuck, and it gave me, like, chills the more I thought about it once we got home once I had gotten home is I remembered a few things back Uh, a family friend's son had gone through some very erratic behavior very strange behavior and his example was that he could not go into their kitchen because he was afraid he was going to stab himself. The kid wasn't suicidal. The kid didn't want to stab himself. He was just afraid that he would not be able to control himself. And the kid that was a little OCD, but this was way beyond anything that uh, had that ever happened to him. About that same time, and like I said, I'm a... <clears throat> I'm not extremely religious, but I would... And I hate to use the term, but I'd call it a God thing. But I was listening to public radio, and at the same time, my my now ex-wife was listening to public radio the same, and neither one of us really listened to public radio. Let's put it that way. There was a story on there about uh,
1: something called PANDAS. I believe it's P-A-N-D-A-S, and it's an acronym
3: yep. for... Adolescent something, and it's basically strep throat. And what happens is that while your body is creating the antibodies to fight the strep throat, throat, the streptococcal virus, and then doctor. Keep that in mind, too. I'm not a doctor. (laughs) Uh,
0: Yeah, we don't need you to get (laughs)
3: settled
2: too,
0: Joe. You're not a doctor. (laughs) But uh, the protein surrounding the basal
3: ganglia is common or similar to the protein of that of the strep virus. So when the body started fighting the strep, it would attack the basal ganglia, causing some very erratic things. I'll give one other example. My son, years ago, was having kind of a psychiatric episode which wasn't his, which was not in his nature. We brought him into the ER, trying to have him evaluated, and I told the nurse, I said, you know what, because this popped into my head of what was going on. I told the nurse, I said, would you do me a favor, do a strep test? Well, she goes, he's not symptomatic. He is not symptomatic. I said, please, just do me a favor, give him a free. cultures. And about, I don't know, an hour later, half an hour later, two doctors come to the room, sit down, and they go, we want to know how you know he had strep. It's like, really? Yeah, we want you. We want to know how you knew he had strep. So I started telling them about this panda syndrome, and that's the first time I have ever had two doctors, especially two doctors, sit down and give me their undivided attention. And that's my, my wife is a therapist, and she also like a couple months ago had another one uh, a good kid. All of a sudden, had a lot of uncontrollable tendencies, and it upset the kid that they couldn't help that they had these these thoughts and things that were going through their head. that was uncontrollable they couldn't control it. They suggested to go in and have them take a strep test. Sure shit, they had strep, and that's where I heard Marty's, and I'm going, dude just saying this is something i've heard about and i said if it wouldn't be this you know i'm scared as hell because your story was fucking
1: (laughs) yeah but no uh i know when when you had first messaged me i i started looking down a lot of that checklist because i looked into it too and i remember there was one of the shows 2020 or dateline did a show but when they did it it was kids that were younger so I think at the time I didn't equate it because I was 17, almost 18, and I'm a fucking adult, you know. But, yeah, it's I was always prone to strep throat as a kid. It lasted about week and a half, two weeks, which is about how long it takes to get strep run through your system. And it did make a lot of sense to me. And I, I do at this point believe it was something like that. You know, that
3: nice the, a, a thing to keep in mind because... I. Mental health is so there's well, there's still so much stigma involved with it. Oh yeah, people don't want to talk about it. But you know, I I just encourage people. Like I said, I'm not a, I'm just a guy who's heard some shit. <laughs> yeah. like, if if any you or family is going through things like that, and this is something that that people describe as just. Uncontrollable. They're, it's out of their nature, and they know it's out of their nature. But there's that point where you don't have psychologically the able to grasp or take control of it. God, I I spending the copay on a freaking strep test. I
0: think would be well worth it when a when a little bit of antibiotic could take care of it for you. Yeah.
1: Oh, absolutely. I
0: guess, and you figure a lot of, of it. Power. How much this like since right this is all hindsight but how much has actually got undiagnosed it's just this kid gets thrown on these chemicals and all that and says okay hey, here's the problem they figure out that's, that he's hooked on him or whatever and it could be just simple like he says antibiotics
3: <laughs> yeah and how many people are misdiagnosed and I mean they love giving handing out you know different uh, you know ADD medicine and yeah. this and that and depression I mean mind you there's a there's a place for all
1: of that but oh god gotcha. yeah I remember they put like around that time <clears throat> they put my son on antidepressants and it fucked with him yeah and we
3: finally went to another doctor it's like oh, he doesn't need it. he's not depressed he's got freaking ADD
1: yep completely different really things because he's got
3: ADD <clears throat> you know Yeah, like changed the whole diagnosis and the whole
1: pattern of treatment oh yeah and it it was remarkable so there's so much more than I think even a lot of you know some of these
3: general practitioners and even even you know therapists and psychiatrists are even aware of are too stubborn to actually look at but this is the one thing in all of that that I can attest to and the remarkable change the the remarkable symptoms and the remarkable change that it made and I think that if you could save one person from going through crap like that, you know. Oh, yeah. Because these people are living in absolute hell. Yep. See, it's the unbelievable story. It was like I was getting goosebumps driving home. <laughs> it
2: wasn't
3: until I got home and I started to think about it, you
0: know. Yeah, it's been been Marty has more interesting stuff than I do.
1: <laughs> but, yeah, no, that, uh, that was shedding a whole new light on it for me. And I was like, okay, like I said, I went in and kind of looked at it, and I was like checking off boxes of like, yep, 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 that makes sense. This checks off. That is probably what was going on. And in my head, I think that's range, what it was. It would almost be enough for it to run its course. Yep, yep. And that's, yeah, that's, well, if it, was, if it wasn't that, I'm still fucking freaked out. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's all I got to yep, yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: But yeah, no, I, I was glad when you popped that up to me, because I was just like, oh, oh, yeah, this does make sense, man. This checks out. Yeah, it's hard to get rid of a seven-foot brother, but at least you can take penicillin. <laughs> right. Hey, no. <coughs> I don't. Excuse <laughs> me. I, I, don't.
0: <laughs> I got nothing. Okay. Uh, I'm not talking anymore to you guys. You guys are mean. <laughs> you guys uh, aren't fair. <laughs> no, I bet your brother is a very nice man. He's a very big man.
1: <laughs> Whenever he's there, I tell him he's a nice man.
0: <laughs> my brothers, well, both my brothers are cool shit, but they're bigger than me, so they're dink heads. All <laughs> right. Well, you should bring up
1: the uh, the uh, skeletal remains
3: thing. It's like, I just want to know that when
0: you pass... Next time I see him, I'm going to say, hey, I'm <laughs> going to stick my finger in his mouth. He's going to be like, what the fuck are you doing? I'm like, seems to <laughs> get two rows of teeth, dude. <laughs> yeah. Come
1: on. We're gonna put you on this hillside where there are sometimes mudslides. See, but in South
0: Dakota, I checked into that. I wanted to be burned on a funeral pyre. You oh, can't yeah. do that in South Dakota.
1: Well, uh, it seems like you should.
0: Yeah. It's like, Ma, was he hard to nurse? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to ask that question, Ma. Check the nipples. No. No, 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 no. Oh yikes! Well, if it wasn't for my third nipple, it would have been horrible. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. <laughs> We're gone off the deep end here. <laughs> All right, let's not talk about my family anymore. I'm getting kind of creeped out and turned at the same time. Okay,
1: let's just... Uh, I, <laughs> I think devolved. I may actually have a
0: couple family members have listen to this
1: somewhere. <laughs> uh, I'm sure I do, too. They're well, fine listening your about your family. Your
0: family but... Yeah, you get, you get off easy. i got to spend the holidays with them. but They're coming up really fast. <laughs> The show will post after Thanksgiving. No, it won't. It'll post the day before Thanksgiving. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just hope they don't listen to it on the way up.
0: Uh, all right, so, Joe, have you got anything else for us?
3: Uh, not offhand. There's so much stuff. I just encourage um, everybody listening, especially it's getting tough now. It's getting to be towards fall, but, you know, it gives you time to study. Go up and dig up some old newspaper articles. Query little things around your hometown, and I always said, like my little legend hunter's thing. Your biggest adventure is outside your back door. You would be amazed what you can find. Me, you know the the things that are like within a tank of gas away. Right. And I like encourage, like just like to get people encouraged that about to do that on their own and. If you do to get across on Facebook, it's
2: Minnesota Legend Hunters and Legend Hunters. I, I'm sorry, I haven't touched it for about a year. Well, I've I got.
0: Container. I got to plug something for us. Everybody that. Everybody that listens to us. Everybody's going to the Edge of the Headlights podcast on Facebook. Please stop doing that. You need to go to the ones with just E O T H podcast. Yep. <laughs> it's kind of confusing. I got to get rid of the other one. Yeah, that confused me too. I yeah. confuse you easily. easily just, <laughs> just, you are old.
1: <laughs> Oh, yeah, wow. I'm, old. I'm, I'm from Minnesota. <laughs> and, but at least the Vikings
0: won today, right? Yeah. I yeah. Have,
1: I, you know, they did. Sports. No. But, so did I. Yeah. Yeah, I figure I'm getting used to going to South, moving to South Dakota. I don't watch sports anymore. So, <laughs> hey, we don't get any teams. No. All
0: right, Joe. Well, thanks again. And we will definitely have to have it back on a later date. Oh,
1: yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll,
0: we'll find more to talk about. All right. Well, have a good night, Joe. We'll talk to you later. All right.
2: Thanks guys, have a good one. Yep, bye. <laughs>